Welcome to Radio Plasma, a space dedicated to the exchange of ideas, conversations, stories, music, performances, and randomness. Listen at radioplasma.com. Also, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. I'm your producer and host, Johan Rashi Vega, and I want to welcome Terry Murphy, recently appointed City Councilor for Ward 2. Welcome, and thank, you, thank you for being here. Thank you. I appreciate the offer. So, on a special session at City Council on January 8th, there was this hard decision to make after a vacant position at City Council became available because former City Councilor Nelson Roman left the city. And with that, four candidates showed interest and showed up to City Council chambers to propose the idea of uh, filling that position and you were amongst those four individuals being you the one who got elected by city council how do you feel about this well i'm happy that i got chosen not so much for me but i do and one of my reasons for running was because i know nelson our councilor roman had indicated he was not going to run again and therefore it would be an open seat and an open seat whether it's a ward race or an at-large race, a mayoral race, always draws more candidates. And my hope is that by my getting involved and making the pledge, as I've made, that I will just serve out this year. I'll do my best uh, for the residents of Ward 2 and for the city of Hoyoke as a whole to do a good job uh, in 2019. And I've already encouraged uh, other candidates, the three that were competing against me on Tuesday, and I'm going to be meeting with some of them and any other people that are interested. I would gladly sit down and talk to them if they want my encouragement or want my advice. But I would like to see us have a more open political debate when we have an open seat, which then gives more people a chance to get involved. And I think also when you get an open seat, you have to listen a little bit more to people and you find out a little bit more about the concerns And by finding out the concerns, eventually, we have a chance to make some progress. So that my goal of running, I mean, I'm not a young guy. I'm 70 years old. And you know, I served on the city council for 10 years back in the 70s and the 80s until the early 90s. So I knew I had the experience. I grew up in South Hoyoke. I've lived in Springdale, Ingleside. So my 70 years have been spread between two of the three precincts in the ward. Uh, I go to church in Churchill. You know, I have a lot of connections in a variety of ways. And so I think I have a concept of some of the needs, some of the needs for economic development, for more housing, for uh, some ownership in housing, but also some affordable housing. Obviously, we got to make sure that we are providing a safe environment for people to live in, to, to have their kids grow up in, a positive environment where we got activities that are going to be going on. And so I'm meeting... I've already met with 12 department heads to try to go over what they're doing. I'm going to try to meet with the other department heads in the next week or so. I got a meeting with the mayor at 3.30. You know, I, I'm going to be meeting with Ed Case from the, the, the jail on Friday on Friday afternoon because I know he's he's helped develop some programs. And Eddie, he played for me. I, I've done a lot of coaching with kids, and he played for me when he was 11 years old, played baseball for me, 11 or 12. And I told him he doesn't have to bring his baseball glove to the meeting. He told me it's a good thing because he doesn't think he knows where it is. <laughs> But so that's my, you know, that's what my goal was. Uh, you know, I, I, I didn't hem and haw in terms of my ability to do it. 
I didn't know if people would want that alternative, but I just thought it was a good alternative to have. I'm also, you know, me and the mayor have had differences. I mean, I resigned from the Parks Commission in, with some concerns about some of the way things were going. Um, but as I'll tell him at 3.30, you know, if your proposal is good, if the way we're doing things are good, I'm going to back you up. If the way you are doing it, I don't think is, or if the proposal itself has some demerits, I'm going to point those out. Um, and whether it be the mayor or any other counselor, I'm not going to take anything personal. I'm going to try to look at it on the basis of, is this good for the city? Are there more pluses than minuses? And, and is there no better way to do it? So if I can do that, and I do that for a year, I'll feel like I had a very successful year, and I hope that the people of Ward 2 and again, the people of the city. Because even though I'm a Ward 2 counselor, I also believe ward, ward counselors have to understand, you know, you are in it for the entirety. You represent a specific group, but what's good for the city hopefully is also good for your group. And so that's, that's basically what I'm trying to do. One thing that is really inspiring from seeing you now as City 2 counselor is that you're bringing a lot of experience, a lot of wisdom, and a genuine intention of helping the communities. Being a former city councilor and also being the lead on the Parks and Recreation Department, at some point, actually, you supported uh, Mayor Morse when was candidate for mayor, and yourself being a mayoral candidate as well shows that you have a long trajectory of interest and that willingness to help and support the community with all your talents or your skills, also working for so long with our youth in engaging in sports, coaching them. And we know it's not only about the sport itself, it's the discipline, the team, the bonding, that confidence, that boosting of individual development and think development thinking as a community. You have all of that. And I feel this is a really inspiring and positive thing to have you now as counselor, bringing this energy boost that is much needed for our city so we can continue the work and continue that engagement that is not only from one side on the political perspective, but the whole community involved in it. Well, first of all, I appreciate your kind comments. And hopefully I do, I know I have experience and hopefully I do have some wisdom. Uh, but yes, I mean, I've since I was 18 years old, I started coaching kids. Uh, and that's a long time, and I have not had many years where I have not been involved. You know, I started a baseball league for kids because in 2013, when my last season coaching at Hoyer Community College, and I, I saw at the end of June and there was no kids playing baseball. And I'm thinking, like, you can't tell me there are no kids wanting to play baseball. And uh, that year we started with one with 34 kids, and now I run it for the sixth year this past summer. We had almost 90 kids, and we've been pretty much in the 80 to 95 range for the last four or five years. Now, we get kids from all over. I mean, I get kids from 10 different towns, plus more, about 40 to 50% of Hoyo kids. So now they're getting to intermingle with other kids from other communities. And I don't put kids with the people that they know. I try to put kids so they get to know each other. And you're right, sports, if you just coach sports with the idea that it's winning and losing, then you might be a great coach in terms of that sport, but you're not a great coach in terms of that athlete. 
uh, because that, that you have a lot more, especially at a young age, you got a lot more to teach them than whether or not they can hit a baseball or shoot a basketball or, or, run, or throw a football or whatever. You know, you're talking about dealing with adversity. You're not going to win every game. How do you deal with not winning? The referee's going to make a mistake. How do you deal with that mistake? Yeah, do you hang your head? Do you complain and then make another mistake? Or do you put that aside and say, all right, I can't change that, so now I'm going to try to make things better? When I did run for mayor, it was against Mayor Pru. And I mean, Saul Hoyoke was a major part of that campaign because he was, at that point, his goal was to make it an industrial ward. And I said, there are people that are living here. We've got apartment buildings that are in good shape that we need to preserve. And, uh, you know, we've done, we did save some. We didn't save as many as I would like to. And there are certainly, you know, housing down in that area is something I am going to advocate with. I did meet with Marcos Marrero the other day about what's going to go on with Valley, uh, the uh, Vega Park and around the Vega Park with the housing. Uh, and I'm going to try to keep promoting that and other things. I'm going to keep expanding on that because I would like to see the entire neighborhood renovated, uh, revitalized. And if we do that and we bring in some moderate middle income as well as lower middle income homeowners, but we also provide some some uh, apartments for people that are living there now that might want a, a little better apartment, we do two things. We bring some money into the economy, into the ward, which should help businesses on Cabot Street and Main Street. People who got money in their pocket, they're more likely to, you know, let's go have a lunch, let's go have a dinner, or let's go, let's go this, let's go do that. So, I mean, that's one of my goals. But obviously, I also want to make sure that we have, and I, one of the things I'll be talking with Eddie is the possibility of doing other programs at Morgan School that can bring more kids down there. And I'm going to try to do the same thing in, in Churchill and Springdale. I'm not quite sure where we're going to do them. It may end up having to go back to Morgan, but uh, obviously you need to have a facility to do those things. And it's, again, it's not sports. It's teaching, it's teaching sportsmanship. It's te- teaching getting yourself adjusted to failure and still continuing on to try to be a success and just getting along with different people. I mean, and I think, you know, when I coach sports, one of the things that I see is it doesn't matter if you're Puerto Rican or you're Irish or you're African-American or you're Chinese. It doesn't matter. It only matters that we're teammates and we're going to get to know each other. Does that mean there was never any prejudice? Everybody's got a little bit of prejudice. That's just human nature. The, the key is keep it as minimal as possible. And if you get to know people, you put that minimal prejudice down on the side. And it doesn't take the, the front burner. However, if you don't do it, if you don't get to know people, if you don't get to trust people, and that's the other thing, if we can revitalize South Hoya, can revitalize still parts of Churchill, and even some parts of Springdale, we can, if we can do those things, then we make it much more palatable for everyone in the community to feel you know, I'm comfortable going there. I mean, one of the things I've, I've already talked about is trying to use the Hoyle Turn Hall, which has bowling alleys, the, spring, the South Bridge Street Turn Hall, which has bowling alleys, which is old candlepin bowling. Now it's an old sport. It may not be, but, you know, I'd like to see if we can bring some of the senior citizens in, who oh, I guarantee many of them played candlepin bowling when mm-hmm. they were young. And now we can bring them into South Hoyle. They can get a whole different perspective of what's going on. And you know we have to we have to make sure we have a positive a positive picture being presented, and we have to be able to do that by bringing people in and showing them positive activities. So that's you know there's a lot of things I'm I'm excited to try, you know I mean whether how many I'll get done, but I know this I've got time. I mean I'm retired, so that's 
there'll be city uh, department heads that are, and others that are probably going to be sorry that I took this at my age because now I can go and tell them, hey, wait a minute, why, aren't, why isn't this getting done? And, and again, you know, I know things take time, but we can't keep putting things off time after time after time. And somewhere down the line, if it means the city has to invest to do it, you know, it's, it's like if I have a leaky roof, but I got money put aside, I don't want to fix the roof, I want to go on vacation. Well, you know what? I need a house. And if I let the roof leak, and I think there are parts of the city that are leaking, and I want to get the roof repaired so that the foundation is solid, and then I'll take the vacation. But I think those fundamentals have got to be part of our process. So this particular piece of information gives perspective on thinking, yes, it's just a year, but you have the time and the commitment to take care of the matters that you already identified as priorities for World War II. So I feel there's going to be a good balance between the time available and the time frame for your term as city councilor to get as many projects at least started and making sure that they take shape so become a reality for the community in World War II. I would certainly like to be in a position where I know groundbreaking is taking place on that housing at uh, Vega Park or around Vega Park. I would like to see that expanded now. How, and you know, I know there are properties that we need to think about that I would incur, we, we'll get better use doing if we do this than if we wait and hope someone else does something. I mean, sometimes we got to push the button. And I think the same thing, you know, in, in Churchill and in one of the other, I, I would like to see us do an improvement in some of the fields at Springdale. And I actually uh, will try to get some uh, foundation support maybe that can help us pay for some of those improvements. You know, I think safety at Dean School is an issue. I mean, I'm going to be talking and, and filing an order in a relative I didn't file any for this meeting because I thought, you know what, I just got it. I want to see a little bit, but I already know I'm going to file something because I think we need to, we can ask for the police department on If you take the stretch of when Route 5 leaves Providence Hospital and goes all the way down to James Street or Vernon Street in Springdale, it's a dangerous, it's a 35 mile an hour zone where I'm saying 60 is the norm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I've talked about it once before when I was not a city councilor, when I was a semi retired person, and I was taught, you know, but I think we have to legitimately consider can we do something, especially on both sides of Dean School, which would slow people down, and whether it be some kind of speed bump or, or something that's not dramatic, but something that you're going to notice and you're not going to ruin your car to do it. Uh, and also potentially working with the police department to do the, you know, this is what your speed is and try to like, make people more aware that this is a thickly settled area. I mean, that's an area, plus going farther down on that, if you go down to where they start speeding on, on Route 5 by the hospital, that entire road needs to be fixed. I mean, there are potholes, and it's not just potholes. I mean, it's not like it just happened in the winter. They've been bad, and we need to get that done. And it goes all the way down almost to the West Springfield line. So I'm going to hope that we can get that done. You know, I've also looked at potentially looking at a sidewalk. If you come around, walk to by Dean School, and then you're going to go up St. Vincent Street. When you get to the parking lot entry, <laughs> To the dean, there's a there's a sidewalk, which, by the way, I, I was one of the people who got help when I was a counselor. Said we got to have a sidewalk here, but they only put it to the parking lot. 
so the people can walk into Dean's School. But what about the people walking up that street? Because the people taking that turn, if they don't see you there and they're looking at other people coming down, that's kind of dangerous. So I'm going to see if we can get a either some kind of curb cut or some kind of sidewalk there that would be a little more safe for people coming up and down that, that street. So And there's, you know, there's things in Churchill that I see that I'm going to be doing the same thing. I know there's uh, a sidewalk and uh, the Our Lady of Guadalupe Parish, the sidewalk on Chestnut Street uh, from Franklin to Sargent, first of all, it's at an angle. The people that go there, a, a large portion of them are elderly people, many of them with some kind of uh, disability with a cane or, or a crutch or a wheelchair. And I'm going to see if we can't get that leveled off because, first of all, I've already seen two people fall when I go to church. And I also would like to see an ADA accessible ramp so that when they go in, they, I mean, I there's a young lady that goes in a wheelchair, she gets brought by her, her sister. Her sister is they're both angels, but her sisters obviously get extra points for push, for being the person that brings her in. But she has a very hard time getting her up the curb cut that's there. It's not really a ramp. So, you know, those are the kind of things that make sense. And obviously that's right near the playground, mm-hmm. the South Chestnut Street playground, where, you know, I'll be meeting with uh, the people from the park, plus the police chief and community policing. You know, we need to do something to make that safe. I know, I know they had issues. I don't have the answer, but I know we, we've got to be able to find a better answer. I mean, we, we can't just void the park. We've got to make sure that we take over the park you know, and that it is a safe thing. So I'm gonna, you know, those will be things that I'll be putting in uh, from that aspect. I also, you know, I know former counselor uh, Diosdado Lopez, when he was talking, he talked about Maple and Jackson Street and that vacant parcel. I would like to see us continue some of the housing that we've been doing. Uh, that we did with the row houses from Franklin to Jackson on the east side of Maple. Those are all in just try to continue maybe with that. And if that can get the same party, I think that might have been old Hoyoke development, but I'm not positive. But if we can get the same party to maybe, all right, how about adding another one? And then we, you know, that makes it a, ni- a much nicer corner than what it is with people just parking their vans wherever they want to and putting whatever, that that's not setting the example that we want to set. And, you know, the other thing, everybody's got to buy in. I mean, we all impact each other. And I don't want to have a bad impact on you. Uh, so if I'm doing something that does not make your life better, and in fact might might make it more uncomfortable, then I gotta try to figure out a way how to do, get avoid that. So I think if we can do some of that, again, that's another person paying taxes. Uh, it's a family getting a home, maybe a two family home, depending on how we do it. You know, and there's other there's other areas there that again, I'm gonna be looking at. And I'm, I will be, and I, like I said, I've had three bad days of not feeling so well, so. But uh, what, my goal is that I will walk the streets. And, I, and when I was an at-large counselor, and I was at-large for all my 10 years, I used to drive the city and look to see where there was issues. And a lot of my orders got filed because I would see things as I was driving around. And I'll give you an example, and it goes back to ADA. I saw people that couldn't get, a, get move along on High Street in a wheelchair. And this is before the ADA passed with President Bush. We got them to put in ramps so that people could come on a wheelchair. And I actually took a wheelchair and tried to go up on and I couldn't do it. And I'm pretty young. I was pretty young back then. I was 27 years old, and I was in pretty good shape. 
and I couldn't do it. And I said, how are we expecting people with disabilities? And we also got an elevator put in the city hall so people could have access. If they wanted to come to meetings, they now had access, which they never had before. So, but again, you see, if you go, and I'll do the same thing, I'll walk this, I'll walk, basically I will walk the entire ward and I'll say, you know, this needs a sidewalk. This needs better trash pickup. This needs people uh, keeping noise down. This needs some economic development, whatever the case may be. And, uh, and uh, one of the things I'm hoping is that people respond. I mean, I'm going to try to meet in all the wards, all the sections of the ward, so people will know I'm accessible. Uh, I'll be meeting, uh, I'm going to be meeting with a young man from the Boys Club who, again, I was involved coaching with way back. And uh, you know, I'm hoping he can make, give, maybe give me some access. I know there's a Boys Club that's connected at the Churchill Hope Sex Project. I might be able to use that as a meeting place. I was in Morgan School, can use it as a meeting place. Maybe Dean School will be the meeting place for the other. And, it, and at some point, maybe get everybody together in one place. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited, I'm enthusiastic. My wife already told me, you're already getting excited. Are, are you gonna be when this is over? Well, you know what, I, I'm, I've committed to one year and that's what I know. So I'm gonna make that, I'm gonna make that a good year. And when I get to be 71 years old, I'm gonna say I had a good year. And hopefully I made it, I hopefully I made some part of the city better. Following up on these meetings and connecting with people, especially when it comes to be aware of the concerns and the situations going on in the different neighborhoods, how is it the communication and possible meetings with the neighborhood associations already formed, having the South Holyoke Neighborhood Association, another one that is in Springdale, and also I know that several neighbors in the Churchill area are as well mm -hmm. organized. Has been there any communication or is there any plans to meet with uh, any of these groups? Yes, there has not been as of yet. And my, my hope is that I will meet with all of them and that we will expand them. Uh, I know, and I thought that was something that Councilor Roman, when he started it, I thought, you know, he was very enthusiastic about it and I know I, I thought there was a, you got, I mean, maybe with only one year, I don't have to worry about losing enthusiasm. But I think you get to a point, you kind of take things for granted a little bit. And, you know, I'm not going to be taking things for granted. But I, whether it's an individual or an association, and one of the things that I need to be aware of is that I don't speak Spanish. Uh, but I do speak human from my heart. And they, most people know that I'm genuine, that if you tell me and if I think I can help you, you're going to know it. You know, when I ran for mayor in 1983, one of the major issues was we can't have a we and a they and be a successful city. We got to become we. And at that point, nobody thought, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't speak Spanish then either, but I got the most uh, Spanish votes, I think, in the history of the city. If you go back and look at the results from 1983, um, Ward 1, Ward 2, Ward 4, the, I think percentage-wise, the most votes in an election, or at least in an election that I can recall, uh, were that. And so I, I can communicate by my actions, I can communicate by my feelings, and but I will, have, I will try to have somebody there that can obviously interpret for me, and I'll be aware that when I go and have a meeting at Morgan School or any, any of the places that I would have somebody there who would be able to be uh, bilingual and, and translate. But again, I have somebody thinks I can, you know, I, he doesn't understand me, I, I, I can't approach him, I would encourage them to try and I'll find a way to be able to let them approach me. Uh, and again, if there's any concerns that they have, 
you know, I will come to them, they can come to me, whichever way they want it. You know, I want them to have the best community that we can have in this city. I don't look at Holyoke as an Irish city, a Puerto Rican city, a French city, a Polish city. It's a, it's a community. And I want us all to be on the same page. And so, you know, again, I know obviously economics play a role. And, you know, that's one of the things I think if we can bring more middle-income people into the neighborhoods, we can expand some of the economic opportunities because, obviously, I think when you've got more money there, there'll be more things being spent and, therefore, more potential jobs which would be paying at a higher level. So, and, you know, I mean, obviously, uh, I can do what I can and I'm going to keep on pushing, um, but I do think, you know, making, making the neighborhood better so that everybody feels comfortable in that neighborhood is a crucial thing. And, you know, keeping just an example of one of the things I know, the James Jackson basketball courts, which are on South Canal Street. Jim, Jim Jackson was a coach that, for me way back, and I coached with him many, many years. And he's a good friend of mine who passed away a year and a half ago. But, you know, I look at those courts and we need to repair them. We need to upgrade them. Uh, I know we're talking about putting a full-length basketball court at the Valley Arena, and that's fine. Let's not let the other ones go by the wayside. Uh, and I'm actually, I'm looking to see if maybe we can install a time lighting system there, uh, maybe at 10 o'clock or something that goes off. But up until 10 o'clock, you know, I know there's not too many residences right there, but, you know, 10 o'clock's a reasonable hour to let kids in the summertime if you have the proper lighting and everything else. So, you know, I'm going to be looking at those kind of things. But you got to, you know, fill in the gaps. And I know at one point we ran summer leagues there. And that's been now it's been replaced by what happens up by the high school and those and that's that's nice that it happens there too. But can we do both? I don't know. But and either way, let's fix them up and let's make sure whatever we have should be kept at top quality. You don't let things go. And when you let things go, the cost of doing it becomes far greater than if you just kept it going right away. And you know, just the economics tell me you know it doesn't make sense to. Again, going back to that leaky roof, you know, it's only a small leak. You know, I'll wait until it collapses, you know. And it's, it's, there's a few places on that basketball court that have grass coming up. It's not a big thing. But if you were running and running and playing and you ended up breaking your ankle on it, it becomes a big thing. Plus, obviously, you don't feel like you could have a league there. So those are the kind of things uh, that I'll be uh, looking at. So. From your experience of being city councilor at large and your experience being involved with the community in different different angles, today as city councilor for Ward 2, how do you see the situation overall with the city of Holyoke? Well, I think we've made, we made some, pro we definitely are better than we were in 1983, I can tell you that, because in 1983 we were just totally two cities. I mean, We started building the bridge in 1983. Uh, and I'm sure there was other people started it. You know, Carlos Vega was certainly part of that. Uh, uh, Betty Lichtenstein was part of that. Uh, and there's been many others. So we're, be we're better in terms of more people having an open feeling, but we're still not where we need to be. We're still not where people will come and check out what's going on in South Hoyoke or Churchill. We have some interaction. We have more interaction than we used to have. But we still don't have, I mean, I'm lucky. I go to Our Lady Guadalupe Parish. I mean, I'm on a parish finance committee, and we have a very diverse 
committee. Uh, you know, I coached at Dean School. I mean, I had a very diverse baseball team. I coached at Holyoke Community. I had a very diverse baseball team. You know, I coached girls basketball at Holyoke Catholic. Not quite as diverse, although I had some diversity. And it was interesting to see how all those dynamics played out. And again, the more you can interact, the more you can bring people together in in positive capacities, the more trust there is. So, I mean, we still got a ways to go. And I know there are going to be people out there saying, you know, we give this, we don't, you know, we're not, I don't want to give things away. I want people to earn, and that's fine. But we also have to make sure that they have the tools to be able to earn. And part of that is, you know, we have to have the training, we have to have the education and all those kind of things. And obviously, the next big issue is coming up with the middle schools and what's going to go on with that. And I've, you know, met with the superintendent the other day on that. You know, I'm not so sure what the right answer is, but I think we need to have greater discussions. I, I, I think we can't just have one, this is the answer. If it is the answer, I haven't heard the alternatives. And I think we need to hear all the alternatives. Obviously, we want to make sure that every school we have offers the best educational opportunity that we can afford. Two words there that are important. The best educational opportunity and be able to afford. And I think we have to be able to promote that to the community. Now, and I know we, we now have the STEM program at Dean. And, and from what I ha or gathered, and I'm going to be getting tours of all these. I've already made that arrangement. I haven't scheduled the actual date yet, but we're going to be taking tours of all the various sites, certainly Morgan Dean for sure, since they're in my ward. Uh, but we're going to take a look at all those facilities. If, the if we ended up building two schools, what happens to the STEM Academy? Are we taking those students out of there? And is it not going to be a STEM somewhere else, or is it going to be transferred somewhere else? And if so, what, do we need to? Because it appears that they're getting a good science, engineering, math background there. I mean, again, I not there doing it, so I'm going to have to listen to other people. But that's the question I ask. I mean, if I've got something successful, why do I want to move it? And if I don't move those students, and that's four or five hundred after three years, and we're talking only about eleven hundred middle school, do I really need a second middle school, or can I do one new middle school? and still have everybody in a quality environment and potentially at a lesser cost to the taxpayers and potentially gaining taxpayer support <laughs> because it, it, all the rest doesn't matter. If you end up saying we need new schools and that's a fact, but we don't get the financials and taxpayer support to do it, uh, then we're back to the drawing board. So I, you know, I'm, we've been talking and we'll talk, we'll talk and, uh, you know, my hope is that uh, whatever we come up with with a plan will be successful in providing the best education opportunity possible. And obviously, part of that is also making sure we keep parents involved. Because if parents are involved and supportive of their kids, but also supportive of administration, because the kids aren't always right. I mean, I can tell you, you know, when I was young, if something went wrong, I wasn't the one that was being credited. <laughs> you know, I wasn't, I, and I was, I was positively disciplined without, you know, without punishment. But just be aware, you know, that you don't disrespect the principal. You don't disrespect this person. You know, they have a pur they have a purpose, and you have a purpose. And um, but you know, parents can be part of the solution or part of the problem. I'd much rather than be part of the solution. And one of the things when I I enjoy when I do my league. 
and that's usually just in June and July and at Springdale, is, and parents have told me this, first of all, there's no pressure on the kids because it's not, it's not win at all cost. I mean, I try to balance the teams, and I, I've made trades in the middle of the season so that the teams are more balanced. But the parents are like, you know, there's no pressure on the kids. The parents aren't like uh, criticizing the umpires. You know, they're setting an example to the kids. Just go have fun. Go play, have fun, make friends. Uh, do it the right way. Play, play to the best of your ability. And there's a positive feeling. It's a family feeling. And I like to have that family feeling in almost everything we do. Because if you can do that, you know, you go shopping. You know, I can, I have a young kid that played, you know, I saw him at the, at the stop and shop. He just came and gave me a hook. I mean, you know, when's a 10-year-old kid gonna run up to you in the middle of a stop and shop and give you a hook? You know, but obviously you have an impact. If you do things in a positive way, you help a kid become a little bit better. You help their family realize, hey, that's a good kid. Let's help him. Let's help him what we need to do, or help her what we need to do. So, you know, like I said, I'm I'm going to be very active. And that is uh, the perfect example on how to build community and, and and how as a community take care of each other. A beautiful example and a beautiful teaching that you have been showing to all of our community for many years, and this will be no exception. I am really glad on having you today, getting this chance to talk to you and also to congratulate you for, for being elected as the city councilor for Ward 2. I know this is going to be a very positive experience to have and also another way to keep evolving, to keep growing as community. Well, my hope is that we'll, you know, while I'm representing Ward 2 and Ward 2 feels like they're getting good representation, there'll be more community events, more community feelings positively towards Ward 2. And, you know, again, any bad feelings uh, people have in any of the areas, you know, if they got issues, let's bring them up. Let's talk about them, but let's talk about them from a, from a positive perspective, not a negative perspective. You know, when I see, you know, I know there's the building on, on Cabot and uh, South Summer Street, which is going to be coming down. Uh, and that was one of the first questions I asked at one, I had a meeting with uh, both Marcos and then the health department and, and the building people that were due to demolition that I think it's the third building or fourth building on the list now coming down. But, you know, those, if it's not going to be repaired, if it, we, it's beyond repair, then we need to clear it so that it's not left there telling people we don't care about you. You know, I, and then once that happens and then prior to that happening, I would also like to say, okay, we, we know it's coming down. We know it's our property. What's the goal? And how do we accomplish the goal? So it's not a vacant lot for the next 10 years. Because I look at what's near Carlos Vega, those things have been vacant lots for 10, 15, 20 years. And I've been arguing the same thing 10, 15, 20 years that, you know what? All right, when are we going to rent? If, if we can't expect the private economy to invest without us providing the incentives, then we need to provide the incentives. But we also need to plan. Mm -hmm. If I'm taking something down, I was very happy. I was one of the, again, this is another demolition I advocated at Pine in Hampshire, the big block that came down on Pine in Hampshire that they transferred the old building from the Yankee peddler over. I mean, I was happy that they transferred something over because my original goal was, and when they first started taking it, they were going to build a parking lot. And I thought, you got a big parking lot right across the street from the senior center. 
and people that were stereo hearers use it. But if there's a major, major event, we could use it. So we're going to use it two or three times a year, and and we're going to maintain it. We're not going to get any t- revenue out of it. We need to, you know, why not build some housing and continue the neighborhood? And if you notice across the street now, they are building a house. So, I mean, those are the kind of things, as we say, we're demolishing. All right, let's also have a, a fund available to start to rebuild. Uh, and so, again, because when we don't do it right away, when we don't have a plan, unfortunately, it sits and sits and sits, and it just deteriorates the rest of the neighborhood. And, you know, it's like if, if my neighbor decided to let their house fall apart, you know, what am I going to do? Just sit there and say, okay, I can't do anything about it. The house is falling apart. I mean, someone's got to take care of that. Otherwise, the whole neighborhood's going to go down. And so, you know, I'm, I'll try to balance those. I'll try to keep aware of what's going on uh, and then try to encourage us to plan an execution that is going to include a resolution, not only clearing the bad building, which is dangerous and should come down. And I, the fire chief will tell you that I've been one of those people on his case about red X's. If it's a red X and you won't go in there, how do we know it's going to be repaired? I mean, I'd like to know every red X building if it legitimately has a chance for repair. Because if it doesn't, you know, we're just saying again, we're an old city, we can't, we're poor, and we're going to, that does not set the image that I want to set. And, and it's certainly not only internally, but externally. I mean, I've had, when I worked at the college, there were people that would tell me they would get off 391 at High Street, but they would never go towards High Street. They would go up to the college. And that's, but their conception, is, is what they're seeing. And their first things, a vacant lot there, a boarded up building there. I mean, those are not the kind of things that make people feel that they're going to a, a, a constructive community. So those are the kind of things we need to eradicate if we can. I mean, it's not easy. And I'm not saying it can all be done in five years, never mind one year. But I'm going to do my best to get as much done in one year as I can. <laughs> How can constituents uh, get in contact with you? Uh, the best way, especially if there's a language issue, would be to use my email, which is T-M-U-R-P-H-Y, and then the number one, H-C-C, because I worked at Holyoke Community College, at Comcast.net. That would be the best way, because then if there's a language, if the other way is to give me a call. I have a cell phone. I'm old. It's a flip phone. You probably saw that the other day. You were probably laughing at my age. Everybody else tells me, you're an old man. I, I am old, but I'm comfortable with it. Uh, and it's 413-887-7195. I will, in the next week or so, try to schedule some kind of office hours at the locations that are convenient, and I'll try to make those announcements. And if I can touch base with you and have you help make, me, help make that announcement for me, I would appreciate that. Absolutely. And again, if... Uh, Any, anytime they, they have an issue, I mean, I, I want to try to make their life better. And I want to try to make the community better. I want it to be for all of us. So, and that's genuine. And also I want to reiterate that uh, this platform is always going to be open and available for you to utilize it. So that way we can share with not only the constituents, with, but the city in general everything that is going on in War II, and it's a way to continue that engagement and that communication that also can be shared in both English and Spanish as well. 
Okay, no, I appreciate that. And one of the things I will do is, uh, as I walk some of the streets, if you want, I would invite you to come and walk with me, and I'll say, look, the, we, these are things we need to do. And, uh, you know, you can say, make that suggestion or, or talk to your audience and see if they agree or don't disagree, uh, and let me know on that basis, because you can certainly be a part of my connections to the audience. Uh, but again, you know, my, my hope is that I can make a solid contribution to the community and make this a better community uh, for all of us. This is our conversation with Terry Murphy, recently appointed the city councilor for Ward 2. And we are having, I will say this is the first official conversation since you took uh, the position, right? It's the first uh, live conversation. I mean, I know I had a little interview with the Republican newspaper uh, right after getting sworn in, but, uh, and I appreciate it. This is, you know, I think you're making me have to think things through, and that's great. Uh, and, but I've already been thinking a lot of things, as you can tell. You know, I'm also, I, way back, I was very much a supporter of Women's Shelter Campaneros. I'm going to try to meet with, with them and see if, there's, if there are things that the city can do better. Has it improved? Has the situation improved? Has the situation stayed the same? Has it gotten worse? Obviously, I would cook, tie them into the community, the police department, uh, maybe the judicial system, and, and just see if we can't make sure they're doing well. I, you know, I met with the people at Wisteria Hearst. I'm going to try to see if we can get more programs there, but I'm also going to try to connect Wisteria. All, all of our tourist-type situations, the merry-go-round, uh, the Children's Museum, the Volleyball Hall of Fame, the Wisteria Hearst, and other factors in the community and see if we can't get coordination where maybe, uh, you know, we have a, an event at Wisteria Hearst, but it also provides, it's a children's program, but they'll also provide you a discounted ticket to go to the Mary Ground Children's Museum or vice versa and a program to go, or a program for seniors that goes to the Volleyball Hall of Fame. And some seniors who probably rode the Mary Ground can go back and get senior discounts. Mm -hmm. uh, But those kind of things. So, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things that we can do and that need to be coordinated. And, you know, I, I know, like I said, I met with 12 department heads the other day on Friday when my voice was really starting to fade. And uh, they were pretty excited just to be meeting and talking about what's going on, what can be done differently, you know, and we'll try to make sure that, uh, you know, as many connections can be made. Because I, I, that is one thing I think we need to do better. I mean, just based on the conversations I had, I think we need to communicate not only with the community, but the people that are providing the various services within the community. If they can coordinate their activities, or if they can coordinate their actions, I think we can get bigger bang for the buck and really promote what we have. Because, I mean, those are pretty good assets. The you know, Wisteria Hearst is a unique facility. The Mary Ground is a unique facility. The Children's Museum, and if we can promote all of those things together, and I would like to see the Volleyball Hall of Fame become even more active, more, more accessible, and potentially, you know, I've, and I, way back, way back when I was at large and with Volleyball Hall of Fame started, Will Chamberlain, who used to be a Hall of Hall of Fame NBA basketball player, but was a very good volleyball player. Mm. And I had tried to approach him about helping contribute to the Volleyball Hall of Fame. He never did respond. I think Wilt was a little bit over my level. But, you know, I would like to see us get a more permanent full-time location, if we can, uh, somehow. It's, it's an international Volleyball Hall of Fame. But people, I don't, I mean, I think we got to make people more impressed when they go there. 
Uh, and I don't mean that to downgrade it. I know that they have financial issues and other things. So we got to try to figure out some way. Can we make that better? And if we can, I think that's an asset. And, uh, you know, I mean, those are the kind of things that move, motivate me, you know. Let's, let's get these things together. Like, you know, you never know. And then if you, you look and you try things, maybe find out there's money out there that can help us do things. And I know way back, again, going back when I was uh, – I think I was actually the baseball coach my first tenure. We, the Volleyball Hall of Fame had, had a college classic at Hoyoke High School. And I actually drove the San Diego State University volleyball team, which was like six foot ten, six foot eleven guys in a in a, a band from HCC. They could barely get their heads in there to the game at Hoyoke High School. And that was, I think, if I'm not mistaken, that tournament. And I know there's issues because NCAA has changed some of their rules, so it makes it more complicated to do it. But it was San Diego State University, the Naval Academy, Penn State, Springfield College. I mean, you're talking, you know, some major. Attraction, and I'm going to say it drew probably eight or nine hundred people at, at Hoyoke High School to watch a volleyball tournament. Um, and I would love to see something like that to come back. I don't, I don't know because NCAA changes their rules, <laughs> but I mean, it would seem to make sense to me that it should be in Hoyoke. Uh, that events like that should be where the where the volleyball Hall of Fame is and where it was invented. And so, you know, that's, but again, those tourist-type situations, can we, can we coordinate better? Can we promote things better? Can we have multiple things going on that, that highlight each other rather than conflict with each other? So I'm going to, you know, I'll be looking at doing some of that. And uh, like I said, I know there's issues. And I got a lot of energy. I'm old, but I got a lot of energy. <laughs> Councilor Murphy, thank you so much for making the time to being here with us and for sharing all these ideas and that energy that is tangible and I'm looking forward to see all these ideas and projects beginning to take shape and mobilizing the community because this is going to be an interesting year as well when the elections begin to take that that drive and getting more people inspired to take that seat. Uh, I appreciate I first of all, I appreciate your invitation. That was very nice of you and uh You know, obviously you gave me some time to get myself prepared to, to go. I didn't plan for this. I didn't do any preparation other than already have those thoughts in my head. But I do appreciate it, and uh, I've, I've very much enjoyed this, and I would love to come back and do it again uh, on a regular basis, if you don't mind. Absolutely. Uh, and we'll see where things are and what, I, what orders I filed and, and what I'm hoping to accomplish with those orders. And, uh, you know, one of the other things I know I already – I talked, and I'm going to talk to uh, Ed Case about it, but I'm also going to be meeting with the principal of Morgan and the person at uh, Turnhall is letting Morgan School students try to come and play uh, candlepin bowling and see if we can build up uh, some kind of thing there. I mean, you know, that would, uh, again, that's an opportunity for nice, calm educa uh, physical education, a uh, good way to have fun. It's light. I mean, I was about 10 or 11 years old when I first went candlepin bowling, so it's not like, you know, Here. The third, fourth, and fifth graders there, they'd be fine. Um, so I'm looking to see if maybe we can do something like that. And again, then the kids get a chance to go out, do things in the community, show, hey, this is something new. And I went, and then if that goes well, then we see maybe we expand it somewhere else. But, uh, and again, we'll see what happens. But uh, 
I'm out there trying. Well, thank you so much to City Councilor Terry Murphy here in our session on Radio Plasma. And this is going to be one of many conversations we will be having in the future throughout this year. Also, the information how to contact uh, Councilor Murphy is available in the posting of this episode on radioplasma.com. With this, we conclude this session that has been recorded in the Gandara Youth Development Center in Holyoke, Mass. I'm your producer and host, Johan Rashi Vega. Thank you for listening.